Awesome. Well, thank you so much um, for meeting with me today, Rob. Um, I'm Celeste Simmons with VRU Idaho Radio, and we are here today with Rob Lake, a magician. And he is here in Idaho Falls um, doing some some shows and some performances. What do you think about Idaho Falls so far? Well, to be honest, this is the first time I've been to Idaho. Okay. But I grew up in Oklahoma, so there are a lot of similarities, I think, too. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's this really cool old theater here, over 100 years old. It's, it's just, you know, you never know what to expect. We tour all around the world. I've performed in 45 countries. And so you never know what a theater is going to be like when you come in. But when I walked in this morning, it's all the stage. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a cool place. And it really is cool. So it's, uh, you know, the performing arts have hidden gyms all around the world. And I think this is one of them. Yeah. This is the Colonial Theater. Mm -hmm. The Colonial Theater. Idaho yeah. Falls. Wow. And tell me a little bit about your journey with magic. How did you get into magic? So I started magic when I was a kid. I saw a magic show when I was 10 years old. And I knew that's exactly what I'm going to do with my whole life. I just jumped right in. I, I started doing, uh, getting books from the library to learn tricks. I would drive all my friends and teachers and parents crazy with card tricks and coin tricks and, and all sorts of magic. And I just was obsessed. I started doing birthday parties around my hometown. I started creating um, you know, magic and illusions on, you know, for talent shows and festivals around my hometown or around the area. And just kind of grew my show incrementally my whole life into uh, what it is now. And when was the moment that you realized okay, I'm good at this thing, I can turn it into something professional. Um, I always believed that from the get-go. Even though looking back, I, it was the videos, I'm going to try to destroy all evidence of me starting out. Because it definitely was a starting out phase. But I was 20 years old, and I wanted to do it so much, so badly, that I took a permanent leave of absence from college and said, if I'm going to go for it, I need to go for it. So I thought when I was 20, I was very naive. If I, if I knew this now, I probably wouldn't do it. But I thought, okay, I'm just because I want it so bad, I'm so dedicated, it's going to happen. Well, it took several years to finally get things to happen. But I just had that passion, that drive, and that voice in my, my, myself saying, if you're going to do it, why aren't you doing it? And I had to go, I left college by enrolled in the University of Life. <laughs> and I'm still learning things all the time, but I had to learn uh, firsthand how to do this full time. So about a year or so after I dropped out of college, I got a first gig, and it was a, a six-month contract in Japan at a theme park. And I performed a lot of shows there, and it really was the first time I said, okay, I made the right choice. This is going to work out. Yeah, wow. That's very inspiring, especially for someone like me. I'm 22 years old, mm -hmm. and the future is very daunting, and we don't know what's ahead. What kind of kept you going in moments when maybe you felt like a failure, even though you knew that magic was something that you were supposed to be doing? Sure. Well, a little secret is, especially for people who have ambition or drive or, or want to do something you know, of substance, you're never settle. You're never going to settle. You're never going to be good enough. You're always only as good as the next ladder rung you're reaching ahead to grab. So uh, so the, the stakes change and the value changes, you have to remind yourself of all the things you've done because there are constant frustrations and disappointments and letdowns in all of life. But you have to remember the great things you've accomplished and what you want to do, what you want to have your goals be. So for so kind of advice and what, what drove me is the passion. I really could not imagine myself doing anything else. And that's when you know if that's what it is, you have to go that you have to go for it. So if you love journalism or traveling or whatever it is, you know you may not end up the way you first envisioned, but you might you know be you know adjacent to that field or part of that field in a way you never imagined. Because the more experience you have with these things, the more opportunities you discover, and the more um, <clears throat> excuse me, the more yeah you know. Uh, experience you know, gives you bigger perspectives of the fields of things. Like I've met a lot of agents who work in the entertainment industry 
who never started out wanting to be an agent, but then they found out they love the business side of entertainment. But so they're really heavily involved 24-7 entertainment, it's just they're no longer performing as an actor or a director. They found this other thing they, they love more passionately that they never would have thought. But they're still in that same, same, same direction, same kind of field and goal. So I think it's following your passions um, and keep doing the things that make you smile. There will always be hourly jobs that we hate, and then we, we got to do them. They're, they're, I mean, I have struggled for years to stay afloat and just to survive before I got a career success. But I kept doing shows on the side. I kept doing things, at least one thing a day, that, that would strive my passion, move me closer to my goal. So it's not giving up on your passions, even if you have to logically and logistically survive with you know, a normal job. Uh, but those jobs will always be there, and you can always fall back to that. But will you always have the drive or the excitement to go for it? And that's that's what kept pushing me forward. Yeah, you might as well try, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely yeah. yeah, I love that. And with your life as a magician, I imagine it's a lot of on-the-go, doing performances, you said, in 45 different countries across the world. What is something that you love about life on the road and performing all over the world? And what is something that is a little bit more difficult for you? So, so the hardest part is forget any social life and birthdays and weekends and holidays. That's, that doesn't exist in show business. Um, and I do miss seeing my family. I've got, uh, I, during the pandemic, it was a curse being canceled for three years. But I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with my baby nieces. I spent a lot of time with the dogs. So not having the normalcy is something that you have to be willing to give up in my world. But the other side is I get to travel the world. I've been all around the world, so I get to sightsee and see places that most people just dream of. And I get paid to go to these wonderful places and do these awesome things. And I'm reminded, you know, when I have an audience that these people spend their hard-earned money to come see me, to come see me live my dream. And so it's a trade-off that I'm willing to take and make. And, um, and it's been one giant adventure that I keep celebrating every morning I wake up. And with, um, obviously, magic is something very tricky that not a lot of people pursue or can do very well. I can't even do a card trick to save my life. I've tried, and I don't know how to do it. I can teach you a few. I can teach you some. All right, sounds good. Have you ever had any failures on stage? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. And when I create an illusion, we spend just as much time on everything that could go wrong as much as we have on the time of what could go right. Because we have to have backup plans. Now, someone we know won't fit in a certain theater or a certain theater we have to perform in a different way because the audience is viewing it from a different angle, different sightline. Uh, certain things just change. Like when we got to this theater, we, we couldn't really decide what would be in the show until we got here. And the balcony here is really steep, steeper than most theaters, which means the, a lot of the people are looking straight down, which means I had to make a couple changes, couldn't perform this, I'm going to do this one instead. Or do this trick a little bit differently because it's not going to function here with the people almost over my head the whole show. So we have to design an illusion with many contingencies, many backup plans, and then my whole team works on it to make every possible plan B, C, D, so automatic, so if something goes wrong, the audience doesn't know. So the things that do go wrong, it's a live show. Things go wrong are out of our control. We've had power loss in the show. You know, the whole block, you know, they're doing construction on the block, the entire block loses power. That's something we can't control. You know, we can't do anything that. We've had a theater where the curtain gets stuck and I'm stuck out front, we can't open the curtain for an illusion and take some half an hour to fix it. So the things that go wrong are things that are really beyond anyone's control. Um, but we, we roll with it and, you know, you know, kind of go out and talk to the audience. They're always, you know, understanding and, you know, we actually will improv, do some fun, unique things. The audience will get a special show no one's seen before. So we do our best to minimize mistakes or problems before it could happen. And then we just roll with it when it does. And lastly, what would be your piece of advice to someone that's young, maybe 20 years old like you were, that feels kind of stuck, wants to pursue a dream, but is very scared and hesitant to do so? What would be your piece of advice to them? 
let your passions be stronger than your fears. You know, the, the, I think the world, you know, it, you know the world is it's scary. You know, we went into this dark pandemic. I think we're all still recovering from it. You know, we are, you know, we're so, there's so much politics now. We're so divided. All these things, you know, we have political identities. All these things that really weren't a factor when I was 20. So I can't imagine how terrifying just the world is right now, too. But because of that fear, because of that way everything is, I think now more than ever, it's more important that people follow their passions. We need more creativity. We need more people following their dreams, following their joy because that just brings more joy and more support for other people. So I think now more than ever, it's important to pursue your passions. It doesn't mean to be reckless. Don't, you know, maybe don't drop out of college like I did to do it because that was definitely not easy. I had a couch surf and it was starved to death and it was a struggle to survive for a while. But I mean, find ways to, if you're into art, pursue your art on the side, do go to art classes, do art on YouTube. You know, if you're into journalism and traveling, do what you can, researching, start blogs. The other cool thing is all the ways to be successful that were kind of roadblocks before, experience or degrees or programs or internships, all these things, they don't exist anymore. Somebody can become an overnight sensation on any sort of field on YouTube or TikTok overnight if they're good at what they do. And I think and what that means is are they good at communicating or are they good at their passion? So there are so many avenues now for success that never existed before and that haven't, don't even exist yet. So I think if you're passionate about it, find the best way to share your passions and then the success will follow. Thank you. And I said that was my last question, but I actually have one more. Absolutely, as many as you want. I don't know if you can answer it. Um, but I was, yesterday I was researching a little bit about you and I was watching your America's Got Talent, inter or not interview, your um, tryout performance. Yeah, yeah. How did you do it? How oh, did you leave well, the you. audience? <laughs> how did you, how did you, obviously you left the audience, mm -hmm. you were filming, came back. Can you give us a little bit of like a part of the secret? Uh, no, I, I can't do that, but I mean that, that illusion took me over 11 years to create. And I've been trying it and, that's, and it didn't go into the show until it was ready because we kept finding things that w could go wrong or you know, so yes, things that could go wrong. It has to be completely ready for it to make it into the show. And I will say this, that the judges, you know, I had Heidi Klum and Tyra Banks on stage with me and they were completely amazed. And everyone else who was on stage caught a frisbee, so it was all random. So there was no camera tricks, no, no behind the scenes things you missed. It was, that's how it is. And I do that in my live shows. I perform that thing and it's my dad who's seen my show dozens of times. He caught a frisbee one time and came on stage and he has no idea how it's done. And, and he knows a lot about magic because he's been around me my whole life. So, so that's a really fun one. And the whole premise of that one, I wanted to create an illusion with all restrictions and circumstances where any sort of trickery or misdirection would be impossible. So we have these conditions for any sort of illusion would, can't be done. So that's the whole premise of that illusion, which is why it's so, I think, impressive and, and, and mind-blowing because we thought of any possible excuse somebody could say, oh, he could have done this. We find a way to say, no, he couldn't because of this. So that's the cool thing. And the more you watch it back and forth, the more impossible it becomes. Yeah. Well, what you do is fascinating, and thank you so much for the advice that you shared today and for um, telling us about your journey. Thank, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, thank you.